Good morning. We welcome you to Laurel Heights, and we take this opportunity to state again our purpose that we repeat over and over again, preaching and teaching from the text of Scripture. Earlier this year, we presented to the church some goals the elders believe are worthy of our effort. Not, of course, something to do just this year, but for emphasis and thought and admonition during this year. We are at about the midway point <clears throat> of the year, and I thought this morning would be a good time to review these goals and reconnect our motives and plans thereby. These goals equip us for good living here and a blessed eternity after a while. In Philippians, the Apostle Paul is goal-oriented. He said in Philippians 3.14, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Jesus talked about people who go into battle or want to build a tower, but they have no specific plans. They have not counted the cost, <clears throat> and so the Lord said, there is someday a failure. If we plan to serve God in the future beyond what we're doing today, those plans require more than just a general thought that I'm going to do good in the future. We need to use the Word of God to work on personal specifics and then review and maintain those intentions day after day. Setting goals is about direction. Setting goals must be specific and personal in the discipline of sustained intentions. And so we have these goals we set at the first of the year for each of us to think about and pray about and work on with diligence and joy. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and your strength, and then let that love find very specific expression. Reading His Word, growing your faith, walking with Jesus day after day, and speaking to God through Jesus in prayer. Now, today I'm not going to repeat everything I said when I first introduced these goals, but I want to review them. I want us to re-observe the basis of them and I'll say something about each one to supplement what I said when these goals were first presented. Do you love God? Now, how you would answer that is not a mystery to anyone. Each of us would offer an immediate response. Yes, we love God. God haters generally don't show up for Sunday morning worship. So I know about my audience, and I'm going to assume that each of us would answer in the affirmative. Yes, 
we love God. Well, that's good. Because Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul and your strength. In Mark 12 and verse 30, in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven, and everything before and after those passages talk to us about why God is worthy of our love. And how we must sustain the discipline of that love. You shall love the Lord your God. We know that verse. And when asked by someone, we gladly affirm our love for God. But now, that's the simple part. That's the vocal part. What is the day-to-day -day practical expression of that love? That's what we're talking about. What are my intentions that I reform in my mind day after day to live under the influence of the love of God and to express in activity my love for Him? What are those things? What does this look like specifically in real life from thought to thought and word to word and day to day? It is one thing to vocalize my love for God. It is something else to live out my love for God. Thought by thought, word by word, and day after day. There must be the discipline of specific intention in order for these goals to be followed through in our lives. And it is one thing to know what the Bible says about loving God and why He is supremely worthy of our love. It is one thing to see and perhaps express and appreciate how other people love God or to express with sadness how other people do not love God. But this goal... This goal will be of value to me only when I take the Word of God and read it and use it as a mirror to see where I am living inside and out about love for God. What deeper love for Him do I need to activate as I grow older? See, that's where elders giving goals to the church can help. You must implement what we're talking about from Scripture, but it helps if it's repeated, if it's emphasized, if it becomes a focus. It helps us remember what it's all about, and it helps equip us to help each other and reach out to the lost. We don't doubt that you know these things and that you've been doing these things. We want to admonish and remind and encourage that our love for God find expression in real life in all the ways that it should. And this year we have named four. So here we are at mid-year. I'm not going to let us forget reading God's Word. I don't think you can come to Laurel Heights more than a week or two without knowing that we have this emphasis.
Paul said in Ephesians 3 and verse 4, when you read, you can understand. Those things are connected. When you read, you can understand. Now, what keeps us from daily Bible reading that we've been talking about here for years and years? What keeps us from that? I think I can hear it. Here comes that word that's overused, busy. We might not come out and say, I'm too busy to read the Word of God. But when you go back and assess what you've been doing and when you stopped and what was happening in your life during that time, it might well be the case that common worldly busyness has kept us from daily Bible reading. You know that in military encounters and in corporate life, there is an expression sometimes called mission creep. I think it happens in businesses, in churches. It happens in individual people where projects are stacked one upon the other and just piled up. And as a new project comes along, you just put that on top of the others and somewhere in that pile, maybe deep in that list, there is something great that you shouldn't ever be distracted from. And so an army is sent out on a mission and they've got a fundamental mission. And then headquarters adds something else to that. And they stack it on top of that. Something else and they stack it on top of that. And before long, there has been mission creep away from their original purpose. And I think that happens in churches. I think it happens in families. I think it happens in the lives of individual Christians. You start out with a simple purpose that is absolutely critical to your survival with God. I'm going to read the Bible every day. I've got a schedule. I'm going to start in January or whatever other time of the year, and I'm going to do it every day. Then something else comes along. Well, I need to do this, and we stack that on top. Something else comes along. Here's a good project, and we put that on top. And before long, daily Bible reading is down there at the bottom of the stack. And we're all involved in these other things. And these other things may be good, but are they as essential as daily Bible reading? It is not that you get up one morning and say, I'm quitting. I'm not reading the Bible ever, in, anymore. No, you're just overwhelmed by everything that you stack on top of it. And mission creep occurs. And what happens in that process is priorities have not been kept. The fundamental commitments have been slighted. They've been buried underneath other projects and you drift away. If someone comes to your door and they say, Hello, my name is Busy. Let me in and I'm going to rob you of everything that is most important. You're going to shut the door. It's time for us to recognize what worldly busyness can do to us and get back to daily Bible reading. And then you're going to be able to grow your faith in a more effective way. There's a very simple measure of this. What do you understand now 
that you didn't understand years ago about relationship with God and the scriptures. What are you doing now that you weren't doing a year ago that you know you need to be doing? What good attitudes have you formed that you're practicing now in your head and those attitudes were not there a few years ago? What good works are you engaged in now that you used to neglect? See, these are measures of growing your faith. Are you a better Bible reader and Bible student? Are you more reverent and intent in your worship? Spiritual growth is not a complicated theological process. It is starting where you are now and learning more and learning more and digging deeper into the Word and becoming a better student and all the long increasing the activity of your discipleship. Accumulating more knowledge, using that new knowledge, increasing the activity of your faith. In 2 Peter 3.18, it is stated in such simple terms as an imperative, but grow. Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. What happens when someone grows? There is nourishment and activity that brings about change. Define it that way. Maybe that will help. Spiritual growth is nourishment from this source. It is nourishment and activity that brings about good change. When I am nourished by God's Word and His Word is an active force in my life. There is change that is good, that pleases God, and that equips me for whatever life might deliver. And I'm able to walk with Jesus daily, having been nourished by His Word. Colossians 2 and verse 6, Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. There is a very direct way of thinking about this. With respect to Jesus, either I'm walking with Him or I'm walking against Him. Now that sounds bold or direct or maybe it sounds exaggerated, but there's scripture behind it in Matthew 12 and verse 30. Whoever is not with me is against me. So am I walking with Jesus or against Him? Walking with Jesus daily means following His example and teaching, not just by verbal acknowledgement or presence in a building, but out there in real life. Attitude, treatment of people, Constant awareness of God's claim on your life. Avoiding what is wrong. Actively doing what is right. Sharing the gospel. Honoring God with all your thoughts. We will at this church always urge any who are here. Walk with Jesus daily. That's more than walking to a building. 
That's more than coming to a building. It is daily discipleship. And it involves all these other things, reading God's Word and growing your faith, walking with Jesus daily, and speaking to God in prayer. If you love God, which is the premise of our goals this year, out of that love will there not be communication to Him. The writer J.I. Packer wrote, I believe that prayer is the measure of a person spiritually in a way that nothing else is. So that how we pray is as important a question as we can ever face. Everything comes together in prayer and nothing is left out. Think of prayer and everything that's part of it. Your concept of God. Your love for God, your belief in Christ, <clears throat> who is the mediator, your dependence on God for blessings that you desire, <clears throat> your gratitude for blessings already received, on and on. It's important. Everything comes together in prayer. Everything comes together in our consistent speaking to God through Christ in prayer. 1 John 5 14. This is the confidence that we have toward Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He will hear us. You know, right in the middle of that verse, there's a word that should spark interest in every single one of us. Confidence. Confidence. Think of confidence as what you need to go into every day. Think of confidence as essential to your spiritual growth. <clears throat> Think of confidence as what needs to function in all your relationships. Think of confidence in terms of the hope of heaven being with God. Now listen again. This is the confidence that we have toward Him that if we ask anything according to His will... He hears us. Goals are necessary. But you can't just write them down and set them once and you're done. Goals are necessary but subject to review, examination, study as to their basis, and then reapplied all your life. And let me conclude with this. When you look at these goals that we have set, we introduced them six months ago. Our preaching and teaching touches on these goals through the year. The reading of Scripture tells us the basis of these goals. Now today we look back, and you may be saying to yourself, I have fallen short. I wish I could go back and start over with these goals and take these more seriously. I know my life would be better. The famous writer C.S. Lewis once said this, You can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and change 
the ending. Let that sink in. You can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and change the ending. Let's start where we are. Let's restart our interest in these simple fundamentals. If there is neglect in your past, ask God to forgive you for that. Then <clears throat> immediately renew your commitment to these simple, basic teachings from the Word of God. Jesus died so that you could live your life in pursuit of these goals. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Let's be standing as we sing. The